Hi, I'm Justin Guest. Welcome to the LSE Hot Seat. In the last year, Russia has elected a new president. It's engaged in a short but controversial conflict in Georgia, and it's also participated in an energy conflict with the Ukraine and the EU. With us to discuss the internal side of Russian politics today is Professor Marie Mendras from the Government Department. Thank you for being here and welcome to the Hot Seat. Thank you. So before we start any conversation about Russian politics, we should probably establish one very important thing. Who's in charge? Well, there's absolutely no doubt if the choice is between Putin and Medvedev, then it is Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin. Uh, Medvedev has been placed um, in the Kremlin by Putin. This young man could never have been elected uh, unless Putin had made the decision and told the Russian administrations and the Russian electorate to vote for Dmitry Medvedev. So he, he is, I mean, Putin is in charge. But things are a little complicated because Medvedev formally is the president of Russia. So he's the one who attends um, international meetings. He's the one who will come to London on the 2nd of April for uh, the G20 meeting. And I think, you know, Putin would, would, would like to be there. But he made this choice of staying in power um, in, the, you know, in the capacity of prime minister. So now the prime minister in Russia has many more prerogatives than before. Of course, it is a very powerful prime minister. Uh, but um, it, 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 it gives Medvedev a position in international uh, diplomacy. Uh, but we have seen during the uh, Georgia-Russia war of August that Medvedev had to align his himself completely on uh, Putin's position. Medvedev has also inherited a declining Russian economy. How has that affected his and Vladimir Putin's domestic popularity? I, I never use the word popularity for Putin or Medvedev. I think as a political scientist in a country that is ruled in an authoritarian manner, uh, there is no alternative. And Putin has uh, I mean, really has got rid of all um, credible opposition. Uh, there is no uh, parliament uh, that can be really called a parliament. So if what you tell Russians every day uh, on television, news on television, is you need Putin because without Putin it will be chaos, then it's, if it's a no alternative system where people are convinced that only one man and only a form of authoritarian system can save them from you know, disorder, then of course they support this man. Uh, so uh, Putin is supported by the population because his years in power since 2000 have been years of relative prosperity. For the very first time in their history, the Russian people have actually been living better and, and be becoming sort of middle classes, um, a real society of consumers. Of course, that's very much because of the oil and gas high prices since 2000, 2001, 2002. But, you know, for an average Russian, he just um, sees that life started to get better with Putin. So Putin is the man who brought this prosperity. Uh, so um, the question, of course, is uh, what will happen now? Because Putin has been extremely lucky in the last eight years. 
Now, you know, the wind might turn because of the economic and financial crisis that is hitting Russia uh, very brutally too. Uh, Russia has reserves, it has financial reserves. It still is um, a major oil and natural gas producer. Russia also produces other raw materials. So it's much more comfortable facing the crisis than let's say a country like Ukraine or even Hungary. Uh, but um, uh, what we see is that um, growth has come to an end. It is also an economy that is contracting. Uh, salaries will go down. Unemployment is going up. So in the year to come, I think um, most of society will start to, to feel um, the hardship. How will this contraction affect Russia's geopolitical status and their aspirations? Well, I think that's a very important question. I think the way to answer is how it might change the ruling elite's perspective, um, because they make the choices, not the population. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's, there's no public opinion uh, impact on the way that Putin makes uh, foreign policy. He says so, but you shouldn't believe him, you know, when he says, you know, I have to make this um, foreign policy because my population is very nationalistic and it wants to... Well, I think he's, he's, he's um, justifying, uh, you know, his, uh, his own choices. So Putin probably believes today that he's still quite strong because of oil and gas, and that will continue to make Russia uh, a very significant part in international relations and in relations with uh, Western Europe and uh, the United States and also China and Japan, of course. Um, now, demand from those countries might not be quite as big as was expected, again, because all of those economies are contracting. Uh, but it, it's also the, f the fact that Russia being hit financially, uh, will be I think, less in a position to dictate the conditions of, uh, of trade uh, with its major partners. Nevertheless, the United States under the Obama administration has made significant overtures early on now um, towards strengthening the relationship with Russia, at least improving it from the relationship that the Bush administration had. Who do you think needs Russia more? Or who do you think needs each other more? Does the United States need Russia more than Russia needs the United States? There's no doubt that Russia needs the United States. I think for a very simple reason, is that the Russian leadership is still very traditional in its um, approach to international relations and uh, power politics. And to the Kremlin, uh, the White House, Washington, the American president, this is the partner number one in uh, foreign policy. Uh, they, I think, remain in a way very loyal uh, to you know, the old Cold War paradigm of simply, you know, Washington makes Moscow a big city. It's because of a special partnership with Washington that Moscow is higher in international politics than, let's say, Paris, Berlin, or, or, or Peking. So they may be wrong, the Russian uh, leadership,
but that's how they see it. So they absolutely need not necessarily a friendly relationship with the United States, but um, a, a, a constant, uh, a permanent dialogue and exchange with the uh, United States. And they think that's a way of imposing um, their say in Europe, in Middle Eastern conflicts, in um, trade with Asia. I mean, they think that they are stronger when they have this special relationship. Now, the Obama administration had absolutely no other alternative but to try and start afresh because things had gotten so impossible you know, between the two uh, capitals that um, uh, uh, Obama sent this very uh, friendly and very full letter to uh, Russian President Medvedev just um, you know, uh, a few weeks ago. And um, the, I think the, the Russian leadership uh, are quite thankful for it. Now, what the United States will actually expect from Russia, I think it's difficult to say. I think Russia is not the number one priority. It's not even number two or number three. Uh, but they don't want Russia to be a spoiler because they had that just too many very difficult issues, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran. So they don't want Russia to make things more difficult. So, so they, they, they need to, to have a better relationship with, uh, with Moscow. Well, perhaps one reason why the American expectations about Russia are so uncertain is simply because Russian politics is so vague at this moment. Will Putin return to the presidency? Well, he has made sure that that's an option. Uh, it was quite bizarre, you know, I mean, bizarre when you're not a student of Russian politics, not bizarre when you're a student of Russian politics. But he placed Medvedev uh, last spring uh, in the presidency. And immediately um, he asked um, the parliament uh, to revise the constitution uh, so that the next elected president will be elected not for four years, but for six years and can be elected twice for six years. So it is clear uh, that in this way, Putin makes sure that when he decides to go back to the presidency, uh, to uh, the Kremlin, uh, he can do it. And he can do it for a long period of time. When he will use this opportunity, um, I think he doesn't know and probably no one knows. But the way he rules his country uh, is always to keep his own options open and make others' options much more, uh, much more limited. Again, I think today he still is in charge, and, but the problem is that he's also in charge of economic and financial policy, being the head of government. And that is a tough job. And he is, you know, he may be facing criticism now because inevitably the economic situation is going to worsen. So then he may prefer to be back in the position of president and have a prime minister and government that can shield him from uh, social dissatisfaction. With regard to such dissatisfaction, what point do you think the Russian people will tire of the government's repression of the opposition? Uh, society at large um, is not critical 
of um, the authoritarian uh, aspects of the regime. Um, they, they don't really mind because first they have been taught not to trust um, the opposition, not to trust parliament, not to trust political parties. So the average Russian doesn't trust any public institution except uh, you know, Vladimir Putin. And uh, it, it, it's a very strange situation in Russia, but I think that we see in other authoritarian societies where um, the population is quite aware of the nature of the regime. So it doesn't trust any public opposition except the leader, you know, the leader of the nation. So, so because of this very um, special relationship between the population uh, and the leader, you know, it may be that society continues to support Putin, that Putin may be able to ask more from the population, I mean, to live in um, a harder uh, a material uh, uh, situation. And in a way, Putin is probably hoping that uh, economic hardship uh, is going to make it even easier for him uh, to control uh, resources, to control the business elites, and uh, to have a population that prefers to remain silent uh, and protect whatever it can protect. All right, that'll do it. Thank you very much, Professor Marie Mendras uh, of the Government Department. We appreciate you being here. If you want to learn more from Marie Mendras and hear more of her thoughts about Russian politics, she has a new book coming out in the United Kingdom shortly and in English. This is the French version. Uh, but shortly it will be published uh, in English, so be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, uh, please tune in next month for a new edition of The Hot Seat. I'm Justin Guest. Thanks for visiting with us.